So the writer of the book of Isaiah in chapter 54, he says, Sing, O barren Aka, you who did not bear, because God is about to recreate something again. I make a declaration today over your life. May there be a divine enablement that recreates things that are not there. Hello, Saints. Welcome to another hopeful message from Covenant Family Chapel. In these times of fear and anxiety, you need a word that will uplift us. We need to remember the words of 2 Timothy 1.7, which says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear does not come from God. To come into the knowledge and understanding of such biblical teachings for these times, let's listen to author and teacher Neil Archiampong with a message of hope. We will continue with our series of lessons on the subject of Christmas, the season of the supernatural. Christmas and the season of what? The supernatural. It is a season of the supernatural. The supernatural simply means that God is getting involved. God is getting involved. You have God stepping into the affairs of men. Sometimes he does it in a very spectacular way or miraculous way. But sometimes he does it simply just by orchestrating circumstance naturally. But you can tell that it is not you. It is him behind it. Whichever way God uses, it is still the supernatural. Amen. You know how Christians all the time want God to just come down, boom. No, he doesn't come down, boom, all of a sudden. Sometimes he works it slowly through natural things. Amen. So we have understood that in the Christmas season, there are many things God did. Angels were visiting, things were taking place, and we saw the supernatural in very spectacular way. Number one, we talked about supernatural repositioning. We saw how people were repositioned physically. God was using world leaders to make decrees, but he was behind those decrees. It was normal for a king to say, I want to go to war and I want to number my people, take a census and figure out how many people I have, how much taxes I can raise, and the human beings were doing the human thing, but God was doing the God thing. Are you understanding me? All right. And in last week's lesson, we talked about supernatural messages, how several messages were delivered during the Christmas season, and it put a smile on people's face. We saw the messages that was delivered to Mary, that God says you are highly what? Favored. Zachariah, he says your prayers have been what? Answered for the shepherds, uh huh. Talk to me. A savior has been born for you, and then for Joseph, he says, You will be the father of the savior of the world. That is very deep. The reason is Joseph was a carpenter, and a carpenter becoming the father of the savior of the world is not a small thing. Today, I want to talk on the subject of Christmas, a season of supernatural enablement. A season of supernatural what? So whilst you, you, you have the trees up and all that, I want you to focus on how God during the season was supernaturally enabling, supernaturally empowering people for them to do something that naturally they could not do. And we are trusting the Lord that he would empower you today. Your amen is weak. I said, I'm trusting God that he would empower you today so that you can do some things that you would, you naturally, you have not been wired to do. Supernatural enablement. Let's try and understand it. Supernatural enablement is occurring when God steps into your life and he empowers or he mantles you with abilities that are not part of your natural things. You see, some of us, we know what our natural abilities are. 
But when God steps into your life and he enables you, he gives you something that moves beyond the natural. He never bypasses your natural abilities. He simply just multiplies it. He does something in your life that takes that to the next stage. Supernatural enablement, secondly, happens when God comes alongside you and multiplies your natural efforts. Everyone say natural efforts. You know how sometimes we do things and we get to a point and we are not having a breakthrough or an answer, so then we get tired and we give up. Today, I want to remind you, don't stop what you're doing. Keep working, keep sowing, keep moving, keep working. Because one day, God will step into your life and he will give you the nibblement. He will cause things to begin to happen. And you said, no, I did this. How come so many things that happened? Because he stepped in and he multiplied it. Are you understanding me? Thirdly, supernatural enablement is simply this. is occurring when God quickens your natural body. Oh, bless his name. I said, when God quickens your natural body. I'm not talking about spiritual things here. I'm talking about your natural body, this body of yours. And today, I am believing God that some of you that have chronic issues, high blood pressure, diabetes, your A1C, whatever C is not working right, that God in the season can quicken your natural body he will enable it to do what it is not able to do. Are you hearing me today? Anybody about to release your faith for something to take place? You see, let me show you something. There is something in the scriptures when you study, it is called, oh, what would be a better way to put it so that it doesn't, okay, let me describe it and not give you a theological term. But it has to do with, in, in the sense when a word is proclaimed, how you receive it matters. I said, how you receive it, what? Matters. In that instant, you can release your faith to receive it in the now, and it takes place. I know not all of us are emotional. Some of us have been wired to be calm. Other people, they've been wired to be loud. But either way, you have to receive it. That in the moments when I'm decreeing it, because sometimes I'm not preaching it, I am prophesying it. And when I decree it, I'll need you to stand and say, I receive it in Jesus' name. That my body is responding to the things that God wants it to receive. Today, may God empower your natural body. Kick it, stir it, move it to do the things that God wants it to do. Even though the doctors may have said this is over, it ain't over because God said it. I can feel somebody's knees working. I can sense that somebody's lungs is being stirred up. Something is taking place. Divine enablement. You know, oh, I'll wait when I go home. I tried. No, no, no. This is why it is important to sit physically when a word is being preached because a lot takes place in that moment. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you today? So today, we are going to believe God for divine enablement. We are going to believe God for divine what? Enablement. Now, everybody listen very carefully to me. This is not part of my notes, but it drops into my spirit to push it in and I want you to understand something. There is the gospel of salvation. But then there's also the gospel of the kingdom. Then the Bible say that, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. In the gospel of salvation, you are a sinner who needs a savior. But once you have received that gospel and got born again, you must move from the gospel of salvation, keep it in contest, and become a king. Kings are not peasants. Kings are not sinners. This is why you should not keep sinning. It should not become a habit. It may happen because many believers don't understand that in the gospel of the kingdom, we are reigning as kings. So that when we declare, things take place. Today I pray that God will enable you. You are moving from the place of mere mortal into a place where you understand, I am a king. I am a child of the king. When I decree a matter, it shall be established. 
Are you understanding me? Christians have done so well teaching us the gospel of salvation. But we have not taught people the gospel of the kingdom. Where we are kings and kings reign. Raise your right hand and say this after me. I am a king. I know ladies you want me to say queen. But whatever it is you are in the kingdom. I am a king. And I make decrees. And it shall come to pass. Amen and amen. Hallelujah to the Lamb. When we look at the Christmas story, there are two women. Elizabeth and Mary. Who were enabled supernaturally to do something their bodies couldn't do. This is why I said somebody must believe God for healing today. I don't care what the doctors think. The doctors concerning me have been disproved before. So I know God can disprove them again. These two women became pregnant supernaturally. One was tested, Elizabeth. The other was untested. One was old and barren. The other was young and a virgin. But in spite of the different circumstances, God steps in. Please listen very carefully to me. If somebody is old and barren, don't you think that that is the person who needs the spectacular? But God didn't do that. He used the usual normal way by staring her body for her to be able to give birth. Meanwhile, the one who was a virgin and young, who has the ability to do it, God says, no, I will bypass that means. Oh, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He says, but this one, I will do it another way. Don't ever put God in a box because he comes to do something and he does it in his own way. These two women, I want us to discuss them this morning. Are you ready to go? All right, let's begin with Elizabeth. Let's pick up her story from the book of Luke. The book of Luke. And we'll be reading some verses. Before we do that, I want to explain something very carefully to you. Throughout the Bible, there are several women who were barren. The word barren was often used in respect to women who could not give birth, or sometimes it was used in reference to a land. Amen? You hear that the land is barren because it could not produce. But when we are talking about human beings, which is the context in which we are operating today, there are three, actually two Hebrew words and one Greek word I want us to take a look at. I don't want to bypass it because it is important to our lesson. The first word we find, which is translated as bearing, is the word shakal. He says, none will miscarry among you. And this is a word that is used in the context that the womb, this womb cannot hold a baby. That it was able to take the seed, but it loses it. And the scripture calls it barren. Why? Because it cannot produce the final product. Are you with me? The second one that we find also is a Hebrew word is the word akar. The word akar means destruction or removal of generative organs. When the scripture said Sarah, Rebecca, and Samson's mom were buried, this is the word that was used. In other words, God was saying akar simply means this woman is as if has done, did they call it hysterectomy? Removed everything? It is as if that this person has removed everything that is capable of them and generating a baby. God says, such people, I am capable. You didn't get it. He said, I am what? Capable. Because if he made it in the first place, he can recreate it. So the writer of the book of Isaiah in chapter 54, he says, sing, oh, barren, Aka." You who did not bear, because God is about to recreate something again. I make a declaration today over your life. May there be a divine enablement that recreates things that are not there. He's going to bring it back to pass. 
things that are not there, he will recreate them. The third word is in the New Testament. If it's in the New Testament, it's not Hebrew, it's Greek. All right? It's the word styros. And that relates to the woman we are talking about, Elizabeth. It means sterile. Normally, we use sterility for men, not for women. It also means stiff, unnatural. So when the Bible says God enabled Elizabeth to give birth, you will notice for her, the generative organs were still in there. But they were stiff. They were not in a position to produce. And God comes alongside and he quickens. And he quickens. Without in mind, Luke chapter 1. 5 to 15. Let's read. Please forgive me. Today I read King James. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the cause of Abia. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron. And her name was Elizabeth. Verse 6. I mean Luke chapter 1, please. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all commandments and ordinances of the Lord blamelessly. I need you to take note of verse 6. Because sometimes we make it sound like if you are worshiping God and you are serving God and everything you are doing is spiritual, you'd never have a problem. It's a lie. Don't let Satan put that to your head. Because the things we experience right here on earth is going to stop one day. When we stand before the king of kings, barrenness will not be there. We only struggle about barrenness in the here and now. But there, it is not there. How many children did Jesus have? I said to a couple who were crying over the fact that because they have not had a child after they got married to the point that they were living the Christian faith for something else. And I said, the master we followed had no wife and had no children. How many of you know that your spouse can make you go to hell? Come on. Am I right? But if you were single, you'd be fine. You are sleeping on the same bed, but you hit them. May God help us. Let's do verse 7. And they had no children. The people who were righteous and blameless. And they had no... Don't let nobody tell you that because you are a child of God, you will not experience issues. Issues would always be there. But the idea that I have trouble but I still have peace on the inside is what disturbs Satan. How in the world that I can trouble them so much but they are still happy. The Bible says they whipped the apostles. They went back rejoicing. I pray that the church today, Christians today will understand this truth. Little problem, I'm not going to church. Little problem, I won't talk to this person. It is time to stop being a whiner and start telling yourself we belong to the army of God. Righteous and blameless, but they did not have a child. And by the way, the Bible says it was for many years. Did they live in a desert? No. They live in a community. So were there people talking about them? Yes. Can you believe that the husband was a priest like me? They come to church and he said, let's pray for those who need a baby. And then there are people who sit there and said, pray for your I want you to see the picture. When you read the scriptures, take your time and understand. But the Bible said that man kept seven, kept seven, kept seven until one day. An angel of the Lord shows up at the prayer meeting and he says, your prayer has been heard. Today we make that declaration. Child of God, righteous and blameless. It doesn't matter what is happening. You are still the child of the living God. Stay in him and walk in him. Because the things we struggle about is only here. When you open your eyes on the other side, they don't matter. Why are you making permanent decisions based on things that are temporary? Styras was this woman. God says, I see that your organs are stiff and unnatural. Please think seriously about it. How can a woman's generative organs be Unnatural. The actual word here is that it's like it's frozen. 
Something must unfreeze it. <laughs> and God says, the time has come. The time has come. The time has come. The time has come. I decree that over somebody today. The time has come. The time has come. That which is frozen will be unfrozen. For it to do what it's supposed to do. May God cause these things begin to take place. Blameless, righteous, but had no baby. Modern people listen. We make it say, and sometimes the problem is not the Christians. I think it's us pastors. Because we make it sound like whenever you serve God, everything goes easy and rosy. This morning we're driving to the church and I told my wife, one of these days, I think that I will hand over this work to you and I will start traveling. She said, huh? And I said, yeah. Why? Because she sees what is on my mind every day. One of my kids asked me this morning when I was ironing. I was showing them that no, your, your, your shirt was not ironed right, so let's do it this way. And he says, Dad, you seem to be somewhere else. And I said, I am a father, I am a husband, and then I'm a pastor. So there's something always on my mind. No, I'm not complaining. Because one day when I stand before him, I'm going to be a happy man. And I pray that you will be. Amen. Blameless. Righteous, but got no kid. Don't have a car. It's not a basis to cry. You got no man, forget. Sometimes men are trouble. Women are too. Right? I want you to look at Jehovah and say, God, I am going to walk with you. No matter the things that are happening, you have had a marriage and there is no child. It is not time to give up on him. The man was seven in spite of his issues. Verse 8, Luke chapter 1. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his cause, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Mm, what a message. And thou shalt have joy and gladness. Thou shalt have what? And gladness, and many shall rejoice at his bed, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Number one, please write it down. Elizabeth exemplified to us those who have been married many years and are looking for a child. Anybody in this congregation? Who is looking for a child? You are in the right season. Amen. The season where God can come in. Take the frozen, the unnatural generative organs. It's both ways. The man may also be styras. And God is about to empower Amen. and enable. So this evening when you get home, get to work. I think you understand the tongues. Secondly, Elizabeth exemplifies to us those who have tried many times but have failed. Because can you believe how many times they tried? If it was today, we'll, we'll go in vitro. But they kept trying and they kept failing. Everybody turn your Bible. Let's go back to the book of Luke. This time I want you to look at verse 36. Thirdly, Elizabeth exemplified to us those who have been taught as failures because they have tried many times and failed. I in Luke chapter 1. Look at verse 36, please. If you can read that with me, that would be great. Shall we? Read. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she had also conceived a son, in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called. So you see people called her names. They gave her a status. I can see family members telling the husbands. Your wife 
It's barren. Let's get you a second wife. I know it's a foreign language in this country, but y'all Africans understand it, don't you? She was tagged as barren. It's interesting how human beings, we don't make human beings, but we can tag people as something else. But Elizabeth exemplifies to us as those who have received a tagging from society. But today, I am believing God. Today, I am believing God. I said today, I am believing God. That he was supernaturally caused. Everybody rise on your feet. And I need you to begin to declare. Father, we pray that every barren, every barren, every sterile couple... On both sides, Lord, we are decreeing, O oh God, today. In the name, come on, everyone, lift your voice and begin to pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Father, we are calling that in the place. Divine enablement, divine enablement. In the name of Jesus, we call that in the place now. All right, let's be seated. Finally, Elizabeth exemplifies to us how God enables our natural effort. God enables what? Our natural effort. I can see Zachariah and Elizabeth go home after church. And Elizabeth is a little bit sad. And Zachariah comes around and put his hands around her and says, Honey, it is well. One day God will come through. And then she turns around and looks at him and said, when? When? Don't you think we should change churches? Because maybe you are not anointed enough or God is not in that place. Until one day, they were not even expecting God shows up. If the righteous will stay righteous, if the blameless will stay blameless, if those who are seeking God will continue to seek God, one day your God will come through for you. He will what? Come through for you. And the scripture teaches us that Elizabeth was enabled by God. Maybe you are here and you are not after a baby. If you ask me and my wife, we don't need no more babies. Maybe you don't need. So, Pastor, this message doesn't apply to me. No, no, it does. It does in the sense that for every natural effort you make, God can cause something to happen in your life. Amen. The problem is that we get discouraged and we stop moving. We get discouraged and we stop acting. There are many things that discourages me in life. But I take the discouragement for about a minute or two and I tell myself, no. I ain't giving in to that because my God can do anything. Amen. When you read Hebrews chapter 11 about the heroes and the heroines of faith, did the Bible say all of them received? No. It says some were still looking, but they were still what? Believing. Today we have made it look like as long as you are looking, you have to receive. Sometimes God does it for you sometimes he chooses not to do it for you i have seen where we have prayed for people to be healed and they have been healed and i've seen people we have prayed for to be healed and they died your responsibility is to talk to god how he does it is none of our business but whether he does it or he does not do it he is still god are you understanding what I'm saying? And Elizabeth says, I will continue to try. So Zechariah comes, he says, Han, it's going, to, it's going to be all right one day. Let's keep trying. Let's keep working. Somebody is here today. Maybe you are believing God to put down money to buy a house. But as soon as you save enough, your car breaks down. So you end up using the money. Anybody here like that? You are trusting God for some things to take place. Maybe you want to get in shape, but you try and it does. But whatever it is, keep trying, keep working, keep moving, keep 
sowing because one of these days God will step in the midst of it look at your faithfulness and keep working and he will enable you and you will see a breakthrough are you understanding me Turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. I want us to look at a few scriptures we're trying to apply. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Let's look at the 11th verse. If you can read that with me, that would be great. Please, shall we? He says, Solomon is speaking here. He has made several of his observations in life, and he's speaking it, and it's true. He says, I read and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. Can you guys put up this verse in what is called God's word translation for me? Now, the race is not to the swift. What in the world are you saying? If you put the days of Usain Bolt, if you put Usain Bolt, at the start of the 100 meter race and you put me there oh I'm good at running if you put the two of us there and you ask us to start running who do you expect to win Usain Bolt why because for us the race is to the swiftest person the fastest person but Solomon says I have looked at life I have checked it out and I realized that not all the people who are the fastest always win sometimes the slow people you if I tell you a tortoise can overtake a horse you will say that is not possible he says time and chance happen until you understand the essence of time in the Greek the word time is translated in two ways one is the word chronos or chronological time from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. is chronological oh we are in 2022 we are going to go into 2023 that is the time you and I live in the other one is the word kairos what it means is an epoch of time or an appointed time God lives in that time he doesn't count January and February but when he says something will take place at this time or at that time we cannot measure it but when the moment comes it will take place Solomon is saying because of Kairos timing I have come to observe that you can put a horse and put a tortoise you can put Usain Bolt and pass the nail but something can change because when God says it is the appointed time then the other one cannot win the race is not for the Come on, talk to me. The race is not for the... That is why I believe the child from Tordiasse will rise. Because we tend to think it's only people born in a certain place that will make it. I pray that a Kairos moments through your life. And you know, Satan does not fight chronological time. He fights the appointed times. He finds the Kairos time. And he says, ah, no, 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 no. Not that. Now, let me bring down the theological aspects of this. Because there are people who are saying, Pastor, you are using Greek words. Meanwhile, the verse you quoted is in the Old Testament. In the language of the Hebrew people, the word time was connoted as is, E-T-H. And it never had anything to do with chronological time. It always had to do with what? Appointed time. So Solomon is saying, man, I have really looked at a lot of things. And after I looked, I realized that the race is not always for the swiftest person. So at work, Somebody may have better skills than you. I am not advocating that don't study and get better. But if you think that it is your study and get better that gets you ahead, you, 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 you are chicken yourself. Take my English, write it down. Study, get better. It will help you to a level. But when God says the appointed time has come, there are people who don't like you will elevate you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let me make this illustration. In 2008, when President Obama, then Senator Obama was going to run, I had a sense in my spirit, and if you go back and check, I preached on the message, Kairos Timing. And I make a declaration that day that he will win the elections. I normally don't do things like that. Because I felt that God was telling all black people, it's time to stop complaining. Because when the timing is right, I will push you to where you need to be. People voted for the guy. It's not about him and how charismatic he was. It was Kairos timing. So people voted. Then when they finished, they said, ah, what did we just do? People will vote for you. And then later on we say, ah, what did we? Because the appointed time has come. Solomon is saying, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not for the swift. He said, the battle is not for the strong. Neither yet bread to the wise. In other words, anybody who is wise does not necessarily mean they will always have food to eat. You see many wise people who are hungry. Let's continue. Nor yet riches to men of what? Understanding. Nor yet favor to men of skill. But time. I said by time. But time. But time. Now let me talk about the chance because for Christians, we don't do anything by chance. The use of the word chance is a Hebrew word called pegah. Pegah simply means that it is a calculated timing for it to fit something. But when people look at it, they think it's an issue of chance. Sometimes in translating into the English language, we have to use words to approximate things. And Delman is saying, I have observed life. I have yeah, I return. I saw. Hey, the race is not for the swift. The battle is not for the strong. Four does not come to the wise. No favor to men of hundred. But time, the unpredictability of things that God Himself will step into your life and cause something to change off. One last scripture, and I'll leave you alone. And we'll go to Mary. Amos chapter 9. The Bible says there is coming a day. I'm going to quote this. There is coming a day. When the, when the reaper. Will overtake the sower. You want me to explain that scripture to you? You got it. He said. Let's read the scripture. Everybody go. Behold. The days come. saith the Lord. That the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of graves, him that soweth seed, and the mountain shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt. Huh. You are the reaper. He is the plowman. Plowman simply means the person who plows the ground and then sows the seed. In the natural agrarian society, the plowman always precedes the reaper. In other words, before she can reap anything, the plowman must have finished his what? He should have finished his work. He should have plowed the ground and he should have applied what? The seed. Then after that work is done, then she will come in and do what? So he is the plow man. He is the sower of the seed. And she comes in to reap it. Before she can reap. He must plow. He must sow. Then she comes in to reap. So there is no way in the natural course of things. She will overtake any of this. In the natural course of things she cannot do it. God is saying a day is coming. And on that day. When he restores the Davidic kingdom, and notice the use of the word, the tabernacle of David, referring not only to the future millennial kingdom, but he says you can bring it now through your praise and your worship. 
He says, when that takes place, literally, you are hastening that day so that she, the reaper, will not have to wait for the sower, not have to wait for the plowman. But the same time they are plowing and sowing, she is reaping. Are you understanding what we're doing? This is why when we come to church and we lift up our hands and we begin to declare, For thou, O Lord, art a shield around me. You are my glory and the lifter up of my head. When we begin to worship, don't take it lightly. Because we are doing something that causes the reaper. May God make you a reaper. May the king of glory make you a reaper. I decree, may God make you a reaper. That you will reap not waiting on the sower and the plowman. May God cause the reaping to take place in your life. Oh, Rakabashete Lebako Siadanamaha, Ikatananamaha Celibato, Ikrendelemeho Satolabahoshata, Rakapalananiasa, the Ripa, the Ripa, in that day, in that day, in that day, in that day. When the tabernacle of David that was fallen is restored, God says, in that day, the Ripa will overtake the plowman. Are you with me? Are you with me? Thank you, Jesus. That the person who reaps, you have, don't have to wait for her. Did you, did you get what, where I'm driving at? That while the plowman plows, the reaper is reaping. May that become your story. I said, may that become your story. And you have every right to decree that, Father, before 22 or 2022, I will overtake the plowman. Amen. So now let's look at Sister Mary. I'll close very soon. Let's pick up her story from Luke chapter 1. We'll read from verse 26. The scripture teaches us that Mary was young. I'll leave you to read the rest of the story. But do you all realize that Mary was not looking for a child? Whilst Elizabeth was actively looking for a child, Mary was not looking. You didn't get it. I pray that some of you, the things you are not looking for, God will bring it to your door. She was not actively looking. She was sitting in some corner trying to find peace. Then God says, you, I got a surprise for you. May God surprise you in this season. Amen. I said, may God what? Surprise you in this season. We will read one verse for the sake of time and I'll close. Luke chapter 1. Look at verse 48. Verse 48. I want you to leave this place whilst you eat. When I was growing up, Christmas was a time of eating peanut butter soup, right? With chicken. And the chicken was killed by us. Then they would take time and um, take all the feathers off with hot water. You remember that? And then um, then we'll prepare it. And I had a friend who is a pastor also. We normally would go out and we would sing for people so we can make money. Most of the time they wouldn't give you money. Oh, I've done stuff. I've been there. And then we would sing. We'll go to places. Some of them would give us. You, you remember the old funter in the... The actual bottle, not, not the plastic ones, right? The, yeah, the club cola. No, I didn't like the club. I always wanted muscatella. You remember that one? Yeah. And then we, we would go, and then uh, if you don't give us money and you give us a bottle, at least of any of these things, and then with a, a Piccadilly biscuit, we are excited. 
Now I've grown and I've come to understand that Christmas moves beyond Piccadilly Biscuit and Muscatella and all those other things because it is a season where God is about changing things. He's making a declaration that the plowman is overtaking the reaper. Let's read Luke 1 48 and I'll close. Shall we? Go. For he had regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. This is Mary speaking. He says, I was a lowly girl. If they were talking about being somewhere, had it not be time and chance, according to Solomon, Mary would not have been chosen. Everybody hear me and grab this in your spirit. You can tweet it, you can keep it. You will not be hidden. Mary was at the background. Some little girl nobody knew. You will not be what? Hidden. Nations will come to know your story that you have been favored by God. Let nations come to know that you are a minstrel that sings and the glory of God comes down. Nations will come to know it. May you not be hidden. But please don't rush. Let God himself bring you out. Are you understanding me? When Jesus was a baby and Herod was after him, the Bible says God through an angel gave a revelation to Joseph and says, take the boy and hide it. Because when ideas, when a vision is in its infantile stage, the strong and mighty like Herod can destroy it. Don't rush to be exposed before your time. Because when that time comes, nobody can stop it. Nobody. If you don't know the Lord Jesus, there is another enablement in John 1 12. So for as many as receive him, to them he gave them an enablement to become the sons of God. Let's rise on our feet in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Rasiano, Kurenemosita. I want you just praying this morning. Can, can somebody help us on the piano? Gifty, can you help us sing? We have no power of our own. We depend on you. Lord, we're asking you to enable us. Give us the discipline not to stop sowing. Because soon and very soon, there will be a ripple effect through our sowing. In the mighty name of Jesus. After we are done singing all of you online. I will take a moment to pray for everyone. So please don't be in a rush to turn off your phone. We are going to just decree together. And please don't forget that next week. Oh when we gather in this place. It's going to be fire. If you are in the area. We invite you to come join us. We have no power of our own. We depend on you. We depend on you. Holy Spirit. We have no power of our own. Come on, let's sing it together. Oh, we have no No, we have no power lift your voice let's begin to pray together this morning and yes, say father we are asking you today that you will help us yes holy spirit. 
mapala nini mikapati ananekose lipeke pele matoso telebara akaka kara mama sata rapa ya pasita le mahoto so telemaye come on speak to him talk to him father i thank you i Yes Lord I depend yes, on yes, you Lord I have Let's sing it together for the last time. We have no power on our own. Yes, Lord. We have no I thank you that there is a divine enablement that comes at an appointed season. May you find us in the place where you can do what you want to do in our lives. Like Elizabeth The original message was not even given to her. The message was delivered to the husband. That he will go and tell her that the Lord has heard your prayer. Today I thank you that a woman, that a couple, that a man people who have been married for years serving you and worshiping you and walking with you but cannot have a child and they are wondering where is our god that many have labeled them as barren and useless by families i want to thank you the lord in this season Nine months from today, we are making a declaration over every single one of them. That day will give birth, and it will shock the people who said this one could not do it. Whether it is a womb of a shakal or the womb of an acre or the womb of a styros, Lord, nothing stops you. You can do anything and everything. We make that declaration today concerning your people. Jesus we speak concerning those who worship with us here physically but I believe in you for a child today I thank you that the divine seed has taken place I am believing you king of glory that supernaturally Lord you are enabling the efforts of your people 
those in the financial sector, those in the sector of technology, all forms of it, those, Lord, in the banking sector, those who got an engineering, Father, us who are in ministry, I pray for a divine enablement that in the season will remember that, yes, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, that this King of glory has saved us, but he has made us kings and priests, that we will rise and begin to do the things the Lord you have called us. May you touch. May you help us to continue to sow. Lord, help us to sow. Never to stop sowing the seeds in every field that we find ourselves. Father, may we continue to do the things that is required of us. I want to thank you that your people once again will understand that you said that the plowman has the ability to overtake the reaper. That the treader of grapes over the one that sows the seed, that the mountains will drip. Lord, you are saying that things that are not possible, you will make them possible. May we remember that it is a season of the supernatural move of God. That we will be enabled to do things that naturally we are not able to. May you help us to continue to stay in you and keep sowing and keep giving our time to you and to your work and to the things you've called us into. I speak specifically concerning those in different workplaces where some have risen against them. I ask of you, O oh God, that you will strengthen your people. May your name be glorified. In the name of Jesus. Before I let you all go, I sense this in my spirit and I want to do it really quick. You're here and you sense that a promotion ought to take place at work. But somebody is simply just overlooking it. You do not understand why. And you are considering looking for a new job. Because you feel you will not allow anyone to sit on your happiness. Hear the word of the Lord. Do not move. Hang in there. Because God is about to turn the tables on the head of that individual who has stood in the way. Amos 9.13 is about to be fulfilled in your life that the plowman will overtake the reaper. That you will not need the reapers to reap. Father, I speak concerning this person wherever they are. And I'm asking you, Lord, to fulfill your word in their lives. I give you praise. I give you honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to another kingdom-impacting message. Have you been looking for a place to call home? Need a place that makes you feel welcome and valued? At Covenant Family Chapel, 
Our community is waiting for people just like you to find their way home. We invite you to visit during one of our Sunday services to discover how you can spread your wings in our friendly and reposeful worship environment. Visit Covenant Family Chapel this Sunday for our 10 o'clock service, located at 10,307 Coppermine Road, Woodsboro, Maryland. To interact with pastor and teacher Neil Archie Ampong, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, all at Covenant One Family. Call 301-696-8555 and visit the church's website at covenantfamilychapel.org.